I can't tell you how many people have told me you have to read The Art of Memoir by Mary Carr. Like I tell people like the kind of writing that I do, you know, the personal style, narrative style. And they're just like, oh, have you read The Art of Memoir? It's like, okay. So this has been like years ago that people started telling me to read this book. So of course I did. I, I bought this book. I never heard of this woman, Mary Carr. I read the book. It's a good book. I take lots of notes. You know, I figure out how, how to write this thing called memoir. I never even think that I should actually read one of the memoirs that Mary Carr has written until recently. I was like, okay, this book, The Liar's Club, is a memoir written by Mary Carr, who also wrote The Art of Memoir. And here's what I realized very early into reading this book. I learn so much more from reading actual memoirs than learning how to write memoir from a manual or from finding out, like, how do you write memoir? How do you do this? I actually went to a webinar uh, like a few months ago with this woman who was uh, teaching about how to write memoir. And I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is not for me. I am getting so much value from reading these stories. And it's not that learning how to write, and this can go for you too, like it doesn't have to be just memoir. It's just like, oh, I'm gonna learn how to write, so I'm gonna read a book about it instead of just like reading your favorite writers and, and imitating them. Like that, that's, now that I've been doing it, it's just, it makes so much more sense to me. There's something about when you read a, a book and a story in its full context that things start to click in my brain. So yes, I can read The Art of Memoir and learn like, okay, you should add more personal details in your writing. That makes sense. But then I read about an actual memoir that she's written and I have this like, this huge enlightened, you know, moment that I'm going to carry with me in everything I write. So it's, it's, it's different. And I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, but if you want to get better at writing, any kind of writing, you should really try to learn from your favorite writers, mimic them, analyze their words, analyze what they do and use that instead of, you know, finding a book about how to write. Now there's anything wrong with those books. I read those books. I loved Stephen King's book on writing. Um, maybe one day I'll even write a book about writing. I don't know, but you get what I'm saying. Okay. There was one thing in this book that was a huge takeaway for me. It was my, my second biggest takeaway this year. The first, as you guys all know, was Jeanette Walls, The Glass Castle. She taught me to not write my thoughts and feelings. And that has completely transformed my writing. I know, I know, you've heard enough of me talking about it. That was my biggest takeaway from this year. The second biggest takeaway was from this book. The thing I learned from The Liars Club was how to write stories that involve my family members. This is huge, okay? I know that so many people have questions about this and it's a really touchy thing, especially if you're not writing under a pseudonym. I mean, I struggle with it and I nobody is even seeing what I'm writing in my family and, and I still struggle with it. So um, I think this is gonna be so helpful for a lot of you because it's, it blew my mind. All right, so I have been struggling. I'm also trying something new today. I am standing right now. Usually I'm sitting on my couch and I was just like, I, f I just feel like I, I needed to stand and like, I don't know, I'm, <laughs> I'm staring out the window, I'm looking at some lollipop candy land thing in my neighbor's backyard that I didn't even know was there and, and I'm just, I'm feeling the energy. Okay, shut up, move on. So 
I have been really struggling with how to write about my memories that involve family members, namely my sister Alexis. That's this has just been like top of mind because Alexis always tells me that I remember things wrong. And we have she we've always had a very contentious relationship. We're 17 months apart. We shared a bedroom from the time I was two until like 16. And we just rarely got along. Now, Mary Carr, she writes in her book about her childhood, which all the memoirs do. And she and her sister, Leisha, agreed on very little as well. And I'm not sure what their age gap was, but it was pretty close. Leisha was a little bit older than her. And for one thing for particular, they had very different perceptions of their grandmother. Their grandmother came to live with them when she was sick with cancer. And um, in this part that I'm about to share with you, uh, Mary had this whole way of explaining their grandmother's progression with cancer so that the neighbor ladies would feel bad for them and, and dole out free snacks. So let me just read this to you and then we can talk about what she did. On page 47, she writes, At the end of this report, Leisha and I would start scanning around whoever's kitchen it was for cookies or Kool-Aid. We knew with certain instinct that reporting on a dead grandma deserved some payoff. After a while, Leisha even learned to muster some tears, which could jack up the ante as high as a popsicle. And then in parentheses, Mary Carr writes, If I gave my big sister a paragraph here, she would correct my memory. To this day, she claims that she genuinely mourned for the old lady, who was a kindly soul, and that I was too little and mean-spirited then to remember things right. I contend that her happy memories are shaped more by convenience than reality. She also recalls tatting as fun and Ronald Reagan, for whom she voted twice, as a good guy. End parentheses. Okay. I read this and I was just like, what? What just happened? Okay, first of all, she doesn't say, hey, I'm right. My sister is wrong. No, 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 no. She is saying, this is my story and here's how I remember it. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you what my sister has to say about it. And then these tidbits at the end, um, where she says she recalls tatting as fun and Ronald Reagan as a good guy, these are just funny. You know, it's not necessarily negative or bad. There are people who obviously liked Ronald Reagan, um, and she clearly doesn't. It's showing their differences of opinion. She also um, says recalls tatting as fun. I didn't know what that was, so I Googled it. And tatting is sort of like um, comparable to like crocheting. It's like making the little doily things or something. Um, And, you know, Mary must have thought that that was like the worst thing ever and her sister enjoyed doing it. So it's just funny to see, okay, they they, um, had very different perceptions on their grandmother and they have very different perceptions in general. And I feel exactly the same way as my sister. Like we just do not see eye to eye. Um, Some of you might know that I had a hard conversation with Alexis recently. I mentioned it, I think in the last podcast. And we were... We were talking on the phone and I told her that um, I haven't been able to talk to her about my writing because of things that she said in the past about you can't call yourself a writer if you don't get paid and um, that her biggest fear is that I write a book one day and write things about her that aren't true. So I've been holding on to this for many, many years, maybe like over 10 years and um, it was really eating at me and I finally told her and overall, generally, she was receptive and she had her own gripes with me that were completely understandable that I had completely forgotten about. But um, I could see that I had made myself the hero of my own story and I made myself the victim and I made Alexis the bad guy. And um, and she had a very different 
perspective on on our past and um and she had some things to say about me that I was like oh god that wasn't uh, the best look for me either so um it was a good conversation it was a hard conversation and at the end of it you know I, I told her that um I would like to share my stuff with her and I would like to get her opinion um and you know I I, I had this conversation where after I started writing this book like I read this this paragraph that I just read to you and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was just like, this is the way. This is the way through to be able to write and f- and maybe, maybe have the support of my family. Who knows? So now I have this like rosy-eyed take on how this could play out. So here's like the fantasy. I, I write a story from my past and I send it to Alexis. And then she reads it in Google Docs. And then, you know, she gives me feedback wherever she disagrees with me. And, and wherever she disagrees with me, she has a very clear, very vivid, very specific opposing memory. And then I rewrite the piece to include her perspective and she loves it. And then we collaborate on my book moving forward and everyone lives happily ever after. Now I have not sent her any of my writing yet, so this is all to be determined. Um, and I don't want to get my hopes up that much, but um, at least it's better than just like, writing something and publishing it and then just like dealing with the consequences of like how they're going to react to it. All right, let's look at another example. On page 58, she writes, we ate them with hot sauce and black pepper and lemon. And then in parentheses, Leisha says that I would eat them only in pairs so none would feel lonely in my stomach. End parentheses. So I just wanted to point this out because it's not always only opposing thoughts. In this instance, she's just talking about eating oysters. It's it's this additive, fun little detail. Oh, Leisha says that I would eat them only in pairs so none would feel lonely in my stomach. It's additive. It's like she's sitting with Leisha as she's writing this and she remembers her story and then Leisha is chiming in about different details. And so it's kind of nice to imagine them sitting together. Okay, let's go back to um, her grandmother because this was like a really big point of contention for them. So I'm just going to read, I'm just going to read this next part. On page 78, she writes, while the fact of these two kids was trying to take shape in my head, grandma did something that to this day, my sister claims was so out of character for her that it could not have happened. She grabbed my shoulder and breathed that death smell all over my face and said that should I fail to mind my mother, here grandma brought her mouth right up to my face. If I continued to sass back and crud everything up, her eyes were almost pure white by now behind her smeary horn rims. I would be sent away just like they had been. They had never seen their mother again, not since they were babies. So I wanted to share this part because it's very interesting to me that Leisha tells her that this thing could not have happened. Like when I read this experience for Mary, I just think that the grandmother treated them differently. And she probably favored Leisha and maybe she even disliked Mary. So like, I I think that's a very probable scenario. Like just because you remember a person one way doesn't mean that that person is going to be the same with everybody. Um, Clearly, Leisha liked the grandmother and clearly Mary didn't. So doesn't it also make sense that maybe the grandmother liked Leisha and didn't like Mary? Yeah, obviously you can see that I'm siding with Mary. I'm siding with the author, which is which is a whole other point. The fact that she is is uh, giving air to Leisha's perspective is making me like her more and making me be like, okay, yeah, she's not saying like my truth is is the only perspective. She's like saying like, okay, like this is Leisha's opinion too. And it makes me believe Mary even more. 
So I can't, every time I would read one of these things about Leisha popping in there, I'm like, how, like, what was this process like when she was writing the book? And how was their relationship when she wrote this? And how, how did her sister feel about it after it was published? Like, I'm dying to know. Okay, let's look at another example um, where she's talking about her grandmother. On page 60, she writes, Leisha says that I misremember one specific sight of her standing in our doorway with that stump bluntly hanging down under her nightie, her arms spread so she could hold herself up by the door jam, and her hair fanned out around her face like white fire. I can see it like yesterday's breakfast, but Leisha claims it never happened. So all of these, like, have, have all these different examples, I'm, I'm telling you because they, they have each sparked something different for me. So this one felt like permission. So in my house, in in my house, in my family, there have been times where I have a memory of something and I share that memory and I have family members that just tell me that never happened. And maybe you've experienced this too, but it feels very shitty. And there there was one memory that I just thought of as I read this, where it's something that happened a bunch of times and um, and I said it one time when I was home and all three of my sisters said that it never happened. And so when three people tell me that never happened, you made that up, I start to believe it. And so then I'm like, okay, I can't share that because it's three against one. So they must be right. But you know what? It's something that I remember and it's something that, um, affected me and maybe, maybe I am wrong, but I can still write that I remembered it. And then also say like, hey, all three of my sisters say this never happened. But let me tell you what I remember. So the thing that I was thinking of is that when I was in like middle school and high school, sometimes when my mom got drunk, if she was mad at me or any of us, I remember her doing it to some like my sisters too. Um, she would take her anger out in our bedrooms. And I don't know if she was, yeah, she would be like angry at me for something else, but then you know, our bedroom would be a mess or something. And then she would go upstairs and she would it, would, it would feel like she would trash my bedroom. And she would take everything off of our floors and throw it on her bed and just make a whole big scene about it. Um, and it was a, it was a, a weird thing. Um, and I kind of just remember like knowing that it was going on, like hearing the noise upstairs and just like waiting for her to be done. And then going up there and just like having this mess to deal with. So, and I don't know if this, I don't know if this is something worth writing about, um, or, or digging deeper into to figure out like what was going on there. But I just feel this like huge, um, weight lifted of like, oh my God, I can write the things that I remember and then just include this like quick thing. Like, yeah, my sisters say that they don't remember that ever happening and that's it. <laughs> How cool is that? It's very exciting. Okay. Um, here is another one on page 90. Her mom was driving drunk and Leisha and and Mary are in the backseat. Mary writes, Leisha contends that at this point I started screaming and that my screaming prompted mother to wheel around and start grabbing at me, which caused what happened next. And then in parentheses, were Leisha writing this memoir, I would appear in only one of three guises, sobbing hysterically, wetting my pants in a deliberately inconvenient way, or biting somebody, usually her, with no provocation. And then after the end parentheses, she writes, I don't recall that mother reached around to grab me at all. And I flatly deny screaming. Again, I love how she's not saying, I am right and my sister was wrong. 
because that's how it feels when you're in these situations with siblings and or that's how I have felt in the past like I am right you're wrong and it, it just it feels horrible the, the the way to do this, the way that she's showing us here, is the way she did it in this little paragraph is she just wrote, if blank were writing this memoir, they would say this. That's it. If blank were writing this memoir, they would say this. And whatever they say is so opposite from what I would say. And I mentioned this before, but it, again, it, it, it lends itself to more credibility for Mary. She's saying, I wasn't the only one there. Someone else was there. Someone else was in that car. And they say this other thing happened. And I'm going to share that with you. I want you to, it's like, I want you to get everybody's side of the story here. It's my story. But here's another little tidbit to, to add to the, to the scene of what's happening. One thing that comes to mind is like, I've, I've spoken before, like to my family about how like I, you know, I, well, I have, I have conflicted feelings about high school. And like, I felt like I, I didn't enjoy learning in high school um, unless I was in like, English or video tech like the rest of it was just like horrible um I it was it was hard to keep up I was always like struggling to get like good grades I got good grades but it was a struggle and I and I didn't enjoy it and my sister like I I would write something maybe I would write something about high school and then I would say like were Alexis writing this memoir she would tell you that I loved high school and that I um had a million friends and that I uh you know, something about prom or something specific about um, being on homecoming court and being on being on prom court and um, any anything else, any, you know, th- something specific, more specific than that. But it's so much more fun to think about writing it now of like, oh, OK, maybe like I could just think, OK, if Alexis were writing this memoir, what would she say? And it's just really fun. OK, let's look at another one on page 184. She writes, I turned out to be a fairly decent writer. She's talking about horseback riding. I was stupidly fearless and also had some innate balance built into me. I still have the red ribbon I won on the barrel races that July at the Gymkhana. And then in parentheses, Leisha took took sixth in the Washington pole bendings, though she would have me point out here that the competition in her category was far stiffer than in mine, which was only little kids. (laughs) See, isn't it funny? And here she said, she would have me point out here. Again, it's like she's, she's like, tapping her on the shoulder, like, excuse me, uh, that's not right. Or um, you're not telling the whole story. Let's fill this in, shall we? Okay, this is the last one. And um, this is really all I wanted to talk about. Like this was, there, there, were, there were lots of cool things in this book. Like one thing I noticed is that she never wrote the word until. She only wrote till, T-I-L-L. And I was like, that is so cool because that's clearly how Mary talks. Um, and so it's like, is that correct English? No, but that's how she talks. So she never wrote the word until she only wrote the word till. So it's like taking those kind of, um, liberties for your, your voice to be like, Hey, this is how I speak. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put this in the book anyway. But anyway, um, this was like my, my huge, like mind blowing takeaway. And I, and I just wanted to share these examples with you because this is the thing that's going to stay with me forever. So here's one more example with, um, her sister on page 192, her parents have decided to get a divorce and they've just told them that they need to decide who they're going to live with, their mom or their dad. And uh, on page 192, she writes, Leisha called me into the kitchen for a powwow then. She claimed she'd slap me senseless were I to shed a tear, but I was nowhere near crying. I wanted to curl up in a ball. So again, these are opposite opinions of what happened. She um, Leisha claimed this thing that she'd slap me senseless where I just shed a tear because she thought she was going to cry, I guess. Um, but 
No. And notice here that Mary doesn't say, I thought or I remember it this way. She states her opinion as truth because it's her truth. She says, I was nowhere near crying. I wanted to curl up in a ball. So, and I think this is really an important detail to write my truth as it is and then give Say, like, say, like, Leisha claims this, or Leisha's version is this, or if she were writing the memoir, she would say this, but I'm still going to honor my truth. So this, this whole approach um, of, of writing about family members, it feels, I felt so like, I just feel lighter now after reading this. It feels liberating and collaborative. So if I, if I write something, and, and I mean like a book, I'm not going to just publish it and say, here it is, and then just like get the wrath of the family members. I'm going to write it in draft form and send it to them and get their feedback and honor, honor their perspective and include it. Now, what is that going to look like? I don't know. It's kind of scary to think about. Um, I already told you like the, the best case scenario fantasy of what it could look like. Um, but what is the other side of that? You know, like will, will, will Alexis just be defensive and not trust that I am going to include her perspective or is she not going to like the way it's written or is she still going to like want some control over? I, I have no idea, but I'm thinking of starting small. So sending a short story about something from my past that isn't, you know, super hurtful, you know, like not, not finding a story where they did something where someone in my family or where Alexis did something that's just like clearly like the, she's the bad guy, you know, just like trying to write the story the way that Jeanette Walls has taught me to not include thoughts or feelings and just do the action and the dialogue or, you know, whatever, um, I can see in here and then, and then see what she says and, um, and just send it to her and be like, Hey, like, I know you were there for this thing that happened to me. Do you have any in my life, do you have anything to add and, and see what happens and ease to it, ease into it. So, um, that's my plan. Um, I, I actually, before the, the hard conversation with Alexis and before, I think before I started reading this book, I actually did tell my mom that I want to do this and I wasn't planning on talking about it. But it just like all of a sudden I'm on the phone with her and I just heard myself saying about writing my book. I think I was like very excited about the book. And it was just like in that mode of like thinking I was going to start writing the book, even though I'm not now because I'm not really ready to write the book yet. And I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. But anyway, I heard myself that I'm going to write the book eventually. And I told her some of what I've told you about like, you know, I I would love to get your perspective so that when I, I write something, um, I could send it to you and like see what you remember so that I could like get some of the details. And like I, I said it in this like very excited way. I was like all jazzed about it. And my mom replied on, my, on the phone and she said, that would be advisable. That would be advisable. And you know what? I am not going to tell you my thoughts about that line. I'm not going to tell you my feelings about that sentence just going to leave you with what my mom said to me that would be advisable so that that's it that's a wrap on the liars club by mary carr the book i am reading now is a life's work by rachel cusk i just started it but it is a um, apparently a very controversial book about a woman's perspective on 
life as a as a new mother. So she in the in the beginning of the book, she's talking about um, pregnancy and um, and basically like how horrible it is. <laughs> and then I, I imagine that we're going to get into. I think it goes through the first year of her baby's life. So you know that the childbirth, uh, the newborn stage, um, and um, she got like a lot of um, backlash about this about this book and also a lot of praise. So it's like, it's very controversial. And so that's part of the reason why I was like really excited to read it is because like, um, yeah, I think the first year is the worst year of, of my kids lives. Um, for me, certainly. And, (laughs) and this is just like, I think she's just being honest. And I, I think that it's, it's refreshing to read this perspective when like you kind of feel, I've kind of felt like crazy. Like people are just like, walking through the early stages of motherhood like uh it like it's easy or something and like everything that's happening is like totally normal and you should just like deal with it it's like no so uh, i'm really excited to read this book to um maybe inspire me and like fire me up more to have those strong opinions and and don't be afraid of um people disagreeing with you because people are going to disagree with you people are disagreeing with me more more and more when i <laughs> when I write things and I think it's a good thing. I'm not trying to provoke people. I'm not trying to piss people off. I am trying to tell my truth as honestly as I can. And um, and if that pisses people off, then I am okay with it because for every person I piss off, there are 20 other people who are deeply, deeply resonating with what I've said. And I have zero statistics or facts to back that up, but it's just something that I feel very deeply. And the reason I do is because I know that when I read something that hits me in the gut, that feels so true, it makes me feel better. It's usually something that people are afraid to say out loud. And now somebody else has said it and I feel seen. And I know that that thing that I've written is something that other people would be like, I can't believe she just wrote that. What a horrible thing to think. What a horrible person they are. So I know that those people who are deeply resonating with my stuff are not always gonna be the ones that comment. They're not gonna always be the ones that even like it. They're just reading it and it's touching them and then, you know, they're going on about their day. And I I hold that in my head. And, and I'm saying that for you guys too, is that if what you're saying is true for you, I guarantee you it is also true for someone else. And, and th- it will feel very good to hear somebody else or read somebody else write about it. All right, that's about it for me. Happy December, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, and Merry Christmas.